Welcome back to 20 Young. I'm Anne. I'm Haley. On this episode of 20 Young, we're talking all about study abroad. While we'll be talking about our own study abroad experiences, we have our very first 20 Young guest, Brooke Greenberg, who's here to talk about her study abroad experience, but also what it was like being sent home two months early because of the coronavirus pandemic. But first, why don't we start with this week's edition of Rosebud Thorn. So just to pretense for those that don't remember, Rosebud Thorn is you have to name one thing good that's happened to you this week, one thing bad that happened to you this week, and one thing you're looking forward to in the next coming weeks. So Haley, you start. My Rosebud Thorn, I feel like, is a little bit more general for this week, but we're filming on the very first Sunday of May, and we had such great weather here, so I have been loving the weather this weekend. I broke out my bikini. I was tanning in my backyard. I blew through, like, two books. Weather lately has definitely been my rose, and it's actually supposed to be a pretty nice week here, especially since we had a dreary April. So, But the downside of being outside a lot lately has been that my allergies are coming out, but I am looking forward to our first beach day this week, Alexa, Anne, and I are going to be hitting up the beach. We're thinking about going to our favorite American-Mexican place or getting some bagels from our favorite bagel place. So, girlfriends, tans, and good food this week. Don't get better than that. And what's your rose? My rose this week? I'm going to copy you and say the weather has definitely been my rose this week. It's been really nice just to, like, get outside. And I don't know about you, but because of this whole situation, I've been feeling kind of depressed and lonely sitting in my house all the time. And the weather didn't really help. So it's been nice to have the ability to, like, get outside and do stuff. And that's really just helped my overall mood. My thorn for this week is that while we're recording this, I was staring at a spider on my ceiling. So that is not something that's good. And my bud for next week is my school just mailed out our caps and gowns. So I'm excited to get that in the mail. It's a cute little like present or treat that they're mailing us. I'm excited to go around my house and in my backyard and take like cute graduation pictures. So that's something I'm looking forward to and should be fun to do next week. Oh, that's cute. Contrary to that, I just got an email saying that my cap and gown delivery has been delayed. No, so, really? Yeah. Heck? I know. So my school is actually doing a virtual graduation this Saturday. So I'll be able to talk about that on our next episode. But I won't even have like my cap to probably wear in it. That sucks. We're doing like virtual senior week events, not this week, but next week. And one of them is virtual cap decorating. I don't know how they're going to do that, but it might be hard to decorate caps if we don't have caps so hopefully they'll get those out in time but we'll see yeah I think stores like Michael's at least are doing still like at store pickup so if you need decorations hit up Michael's oh yeah wait that's a good point I literally have nothing to decorate it with so maybe I'll do that I feel like everyone's gonna be making like corona related jokes but I'm actually gonna try to stay away from it oh shoot that's a good point yeah maybe I'll do like a nice quote or something so do you want to start this episode by talking about what your study abroad experience was yeah so we decided to do this episode because I feel like almost every college student's dream is to do study abroad Anne and I definitely had different experiences when it came to abroad we were both in Europe so I think we can all agree that 2020 has been a pretty stinky year pretty stinky year (laughs) (laughs) but my 2020 actually started off pretty well being that I actually studied abroad in Ireland for nine days I always knew that I wanted to do study abroad but speaking honestly it was always an expensive option my school is a little bit different than other schools I guess because we're smaller where it's not like we're offering like numerous 
study abroad trips every semester. We have like a London semester and a Washington DC semester, but other than that, they offer short term, they call them treks in, during winter break and summer break. So during my senior year, I finally decided to go on one and I actually went to Ireland. Um, it was a study all about peace and conflict resolution. It's basically throughout Ireland's history, they've had a lot of conflicts within groups within the country and outside of the country. My trip was only like nine or 10 days, including like flights and whatever. We started in Dublin. Then we spent most of our time in County Donegal. We call it Donegal here, but then I quickly figured out everyone over there calls it Donegal. So I spent some time there. I went to Derry. I went to Belfast. I ended up back in Dublin towards the end of my trip. What was your favorite place you visited while you were abroad? And I know you were like just in Ireland, but what was your... I loved County Donegal. It was really like sort of rural Ireland. And I think if you're thinking of Ireland outside of Dublin, it's what you imagine. Like everything's green. We are right near the water. So I love that. My favorite place that we went was the cliffs. We didn't go to like the cliffs because we were in more Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. But we did like a hiking trip and I got the most gorgeous desktop savers. Um, So really photos and they honestly don't look real. I also went surfing one day in Bundoran and that was really fun. I feel like embarrassed that I'm from the Jersey Shore, but it took me going to another continent to go surfing. What's one thing that surprised you about it? What's one thing that happened or that you experienced that you weren't expecting or something that you thought was different than what you thought? I sort of forgot that we're on an island. Like when I think of Ireland, I don't think of islands exactly. I know that sounds really dumb, but you're sort of surrounded. Everything's very wet and you're surrounded by water for the most part. Dublin, I would love to revisit, especially because it's such, and I guess this is true of all, and maybe not all of European cities, and I'm sure you can talk a lot about that based on your experience, but it wasn't like what you expected from a city. Like when I think of the city, I think of New York, but in Dublin, like everything's cobblestone streets and the buildings are shorter. It's another stereotype that everyone has about the Irish that we like they slash we, because I'm Irish, like to drink. We were standing outside Temple Bar getting ice cream. And these two girls literally puked in the street and they kept going. I feel like that's a very European thing too, because Mm -hmm. I definitely had some similar experiences like that. And in Denmark, they stay out all night. Like the bars close at 6 a.m. and people are leaving when the sun rises. Definitely in Ireland, definitely in Denmark. I think it might just be a European thing. I don't know. It could be stereotyping. I didn't realize how early shops and stores close in Ireland compared to us. We were like sort of in the southern part of Dublin. Basically, the big bridge that goes through Dublin, we were on the southern side of it. We were right off Grafton Street, which was super nice. We got all of our photos. We did a lot of shopping. But most of the stores closed by like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. So that was a big difference. And then I feel like when people road trip in the U.S., like you'll stop at a gas station to get like chips and stuff like that but in Ireland we did a lot of driving to get to all the sites we were seeing food at gas stations or rest stops in Ireland were so good oh my god yes I have a story about that too yeah like they have like actual delis and diners within them and I I admit I wasn't super adventurous like usually I just got sandwiches I also love crisp or potato chips they were so good I also got obsessed with Irish candy or even like British candy. They had a lot of Cadbury chocolate products and they were so good. Those are the best. I love those. The Cadbury buttons are my new favorite. Yeah. Aren't there Cadbury eggs too? Is that a thing or did I just make that up? I 
didn't get any this year for Easter. But that's they're big over there in the U.S. But fun fact, all the Cadbury products in the U.S. are made by Hershey. Weird. Okay. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Huh. No, they definitely like bought home Cadbury buttons, and they definitely taste different than the Cadbury products here. Yeah, because they're like fresher there, maybe. They're more, yeah. it's, it's local. Well, going back to the gas station, I absolutely have a story about that. First of all, gas stations in America for our Australian listeners out there, hello. But just in case you don't know, gas stations in America are rat. Gas stations in Europe are beautiful. And one time I was in Norway. So one time I was in Norway with my parents and my aunt and my uncle who lived there. And we were driving from their house in the mountains to their normal house and we stopped at a gas station and got hot dogs there I don't eat hot dogs I don't like hot dogs but for some reason I decided to have one there and it was so good like the best thing I've ever tasted so nice not like a typical thing you think you would get at 7-eleven or something like that it was so like such good food so amazing no and then even so like ireland like isn't really known for their food and honestly it, i wasn't like blown away like the traditional dishes were very good like i got bangers and mash which is sausage and mashed potatoes twice and that was good but everything you could tell was like so fresh and it wasn't processed i lost like 15 pounds abroad because i was eating mm-hmm. so well and all this fresh food and natural things and they don't use a lot of preservatives there so definitely yeah everything is super fresh and it tastes good too we stayed in these like apartment hotels when we were in county donegal and the other places like when we were in belfast and dublin for two nights we stayed in actual hotels and our main accommodation they would put breakfast out for us and they would usually just like um yogurt but pastries from the local bakery and i had the best croissants of my life in ireland the croissants I can't take it. They are so good. I had one every single day. Even from 7-Eleven, I would get croissants, and they were so good. Also, another thing, gas stations in Europe are really nice. Also, 7-Eleven is really nice, which was surprising to me. They had canes in Ireland, but I didn't see any Dunkin', which I guess makes sense because that's very American. I think there might have been a Starbucks in the airport, but I don't even know, honestly. And then... We had, like, a KFC right down the street from our hotel in Donegal. (laughs) So since you've been questioning me, I feel like more of your experience is coming into it. So, Anne, where did you study abroad? If you haven't heard me talk about before, because it's all I talk about, I spent my spring semester of my junior year of college studying in Denmark with the DIS Copenhagen program. And it was honestly the best five, four, five months of my life. I was there January to May. And... It was honestly something I always, like, kind of knew I was going to do study abroad, but didn't really think twice about it. And it didn't really hit me that I was living in Denmark for four months till I actually got there. And I, like, moved into my apartment, and I was like, whoa, this is real. It was kind of just, like, a fantasy that I never actually thought would come true, even though it was, like, happening. So that's, like, a weird way to put it, but it was kind of, like in denial until you actually got there and you got into like the normal routine of it but anyway what I was saying before is study abroad at Muhlenberg is huge about 50 percent of the graduating class each year studies abroad in some sort whether that be a semester-long program like I did we also have summer programs that people do we have programs Muhlenberg sponsored programs in London Italy DC and they have a New York City semester as well and we also have what they call Mila classes which is Muhlenberg integrated learning 
I don't know what the A stands for, actually. <laughs> but they have meal break classes. So what it is, is you spend a semester taking a class about a given topic related to a country. So there was one class this semester I know that was all about Muslim rule in Spain and what that was like during the time. And you spend the semester learning about it, just taking a normal class like you would any other class at Muhlenberg. And then at the end of the semester, once it's over, you spend two weeks traveling to that place. So there's a lot of people that do those, but also a good chunk of people that do semester-long programs like I did. And the way that my program works is, well, first of all, DIS Copenhagen is huge. It's one of the biggest stay abroad programs in the world. They have 2,000 students every semester from colleges all across the United States. In my apartment, I lived with 10 other people, and there was some from New Jersey, where I'm from. There were some from Michigan, Minnesota, and a couple of roommates from California. It's an absolutely huge program, and there are students from all over the United States and international students, actually, that come to Copenhagen for the semester. And the way the program works is you can take elective courses, but everybody has to take a core course. In that core course, a lot of times it's usually related to what your major or minor is, or you can take it for, for fun. I kind of took mine for fun. But within that course, you take two week-long trips where you travel with the teacher that teaches that course and the students in that class. So my core course, what I did is mine was all about child development in Scandinavia. And so I went on a week-long trip with them just all around Denmark to like the mainland of Denmark because Copenhagen's on like the island part of the country. And then I spent a week with them touring around Helsinki in Finland. So that's what you do with your core course. DIS Copenhagen program is super, super well run. They have a lot of different opportunities for you. So one of my other classes I took, it wasn't even a class. It really was more like an internship, but they called it a practicum. And what I did was instead of taking an actual class, I went and worked in a nursery school one day a week. So I was there every Thursday for six hours and I just worked in the nursery school and I got to play with the kids and talk with the teachers that worked there and really just got to experience what it was like. And that was my class I took and I got credit for it. 10 out of 10 will recommend. It's honestly one of my favorite places in the world. I loved it so much. I had a great experience and I would recommend study abroad to absolutely anyone who's a college student thinking about it or really wants to do it but isn't sure if they can do it or not you absolutely should if you can best experience my life I talk about it every single day support that well I wouldn't change the way that I spent my undergrad years my school like I said does a London semester and I sort of did consider doing it my junior year but it was easier for me to get my course requirements at the time done on campus but I feel like if I was ever a super senior or if I could have another year of school I probably would have done a full semester abroad. You don't have to do a semester-long program like I did you could do a a nine-day trip like Haley did you could do the program at Muhlenberg where you take a class during the semester and then travel for two weeks after. There's a lot of different options for people but I definitely would recommend getting over to a different country sometime during our college experience. It's very valuable, and I think there's a lot of life lessons that come with it. Was it a hard adjustment for you being away from home or, like, just being abroad for so long? I started Muhlenberg. I was never homesick. I jumped into it right away. I never, like, missed my home or anything. And so I thought when I started study abroad, I'd kind of be like that. But I actually, in the beginning, was really homesick. And being in a foreign country, especially, they all speak English there, 
but it's not their first language. So I would go to the supermarket and everything would be in Danish. So it would take me two hours just to get three items. So those first couple of weeks, I think, I think what made it challenging really was the fact that the, like the language barrier made it difficult. But once I got into a system of it, I picked up the Danish really fast. So after a while, it really just became normal. But those first two weeks, like you're in a totally new environment, you don't speak the language, you don't know the people you're living with, and you're kind of just thrown into this random city. So that beginning was really tough. So those first couple of weeks while you're still getting adjusted are definitely a process. But after a while, it really becomes normal. You get so used to it and you get so in the moment that when you come back and it's all over, you forget it wasn't you forget it wasn't normal. And you just get so used to like, oh yeah, I live in Denmark. I take the bus to school every day and I ride the subways and I speak Danish. And you're just so in the moment because it's your life and it becomes normal for you. But then when you're out of it, you realize it wasn't normal. How many cities did you How visit and what were they? I, I went to I think six different countries when I was there. I went to, in Spain, I did Barcelona, Granada, Sevilla. I went to Helsinki in Finland, Estonia. I went to Sweden. And then I have family. One of my mom's sisters lives in Norway. So I went to visit her in Norway. I went to Oslo. And then they have a house in the mountains. So I went to some random Norwegian mountains, which was really cool. Did you have a lot of people from Muhlenberg yeah, so go with at you? Yeah, so Muhlenberg, there's probably, the semester I went, there was 20 of us, I think, that went. And there's usually about 20 that go every semester, spring and fall, every year. So it's one of the biggest programs at Muhlenberg, one of the most popular ones at my school. And I think in general, too. Like, it's it's a huge program. You meet so many people from all over that went there. And it's nice to have, like, that common ground with them. This might be a weird question, but I know like all of your roommates were also away that semester. Did you feel like you had to go abroad that semester because of it? Or was it just like, hey, we're like all going abroad? Felt the need to study abroad. Yeah, because everyone was going abroad. I like wanted to do it. I didn't feel like I was being forced to do it because I wanted to. But at the same time, it didn't hurt that the majority of my friends were doing it. And it was honestly in the beginning something I just I did just to do it something in the beginning I did just because it was like oh everybody in college studies abroad and all of my friends are going abroad so I won't there so I should do it but in the end I'm really glad I did it and what a lot of people don't know is I actually switched the program I was doing the semester before I left oh yeah you didn't oh, really that? yeah there you go yeah no I didn't maybe I, I did the program I was doing I the know. semester beforehand like probably three months before I left. So okay, I'm a explain. math major. I've said that before. And I was supposed to do a study abroad program in Budapest, actually, which was catered specifically for math. But then I was going back and forth the semester beforehand. I was like, I like math. I don't love it. Do I really want to spend this opportunity that I have, this once in a lifetime opportunity studying math? And I heard from a bunch of other people that did it, that the program was really hard. And I was like, I don't want to be taking hard math classes when I'm abroad in this time that I'll never get back. So I did some research into different programs that were popular at Muhlenberg because basically what happened was I was done my major. I was done my GARs. So I didn't need to go to programs specifically for the classes that offered. I kind of could just do whatever I wanted or whatever, like 
whatever country, whatever city, whatever academic core content related program interests me. So I was torn between Florence and Copenhagen. And the reason I chose the Copenhagen program was A, the child development core course I was in really interested me. And I knew education in Scandinavia and Finland and stuff like that is very good. And I was curious to kind of get like the hands-on experience of it and get kind of like learn about what it was actually being in it. And I also liked the idea of being in Copenhagen because it was a place I never, I never thought I'd visit before. And I thought if I didn't take this opportunity now, I would never get the chance to visit again. Like if I, I feel like at another point in my life, I get to Italy, especially because like, that's where my heritage is from. My family's from Italy. So I felt like I'd later in my life, get the opportunity to visit there again, but I wouldn't necessarily Copenhagen. And like I said before, I have family that lives in Norway and I never got to visit them before. I'd never been to their home. So it was a really good opportunity for me to get to visit them and kind of like experience what their culture's like. So yeah, super last minute switch, but honestly the best decision I ever made and I have zero regrets about it. As Anne was telling that story, I do just remembered it had to be like the first time we got together when we came home from sophomore year. And I feel like I came home to my parents and they were probably like, oh, how are the girls doing? And I was probably like, oh, Alexa's doing well. And Anne's going instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do remember this. Like, oh, yeah, I think Anne's going to Budapest. Yeah, next year, I wish way. I got to Budapest, honestly. It seems like a, a super cool city mm-hmm. and I wish I got there. But I definitely don't regret switching the program. I don't think I would have liked the program. So sorry to them. Even when you told us that, I was like, you're going to Budapest? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm used to people, like, the average answer is like, oh, I'm going to Paris or I'm London. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to Istanbul. (laughs) super random, too. But Brooke Greenberg actually visited Budapest. So we can ask her what it was like there. I feel like I know the answer to this. But say tomorrow someone came to you, hey, Anne, we have this job position for you. It's in Copenhagen. Would you move back? No hesitation. I absolutely would. Wait, literally sign me up now. (laughs) Please. I'd beg them to give me a job. So I think it's time that we bring on our very first 20 young podcast guests. So in this week's episode, we have a really good friend of mine. Her name is Brooke Greenberg. She goes to school with me at Muhlenberg. She's a junior. And she's in the same sorority as me. She's actually my little. And we've been friends for a while. And why we wanted to bring her on here today is that she'll tell you. She also studied abroad with DIS Copenhagen, the same program that I did. But she did it this past semester, or I guess this current semester. So we wanted to get her on here so that she could talk about her experiences in general and also what it was like having to have that experience cut short because of a global pandemic. Hey, Brooke. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome to 20 Young. I'm so happy to be on. I'm my life dream. To get started, why don't you give us a little bio about yourself? Tell us what you like to do, where you studied, um what you're involved in just give us a brief lowdown about who you are all right so here's the the down low so my name is brooke i am Anne's little sister in FIMU. i am a current junior at muhlenberg college studying psychology and women and gender studies i really enjoy traveling um doing art exercising yoga fitness um i'm obsessed with my dog he's literally the love of my life her dog has an Instagram account that everyone should follow. What is it? It's the at the Daily, Daily Winston. The Daily Winston. Yeah, we post every single day. And 
He actually has like 1,500 followers. Yeah, he's insta-famous. He's super cute. Everyone should follow. He's the best boy ever. Yeah, what else do I like doing? Love hanging out with people. Love hanging out with Anne. We like getting into shenanigans together. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. We have have a question for you about Anne later. You know, I got to live out her dream once again in Copenhagen this last semester, sort of. And got to see the love of your life every Tuesday and Friday. (laughs) Okay, give us a, a brief lowdown about your study abroad experience. Give us an overview. So I am one of the people who got sent home from study abroad. It's not for becoming an alcoholic when I was there, but it is due to the coronavirus pandemic. I did the DIS study abroad program in the best city, Copenhagen, Denmark, and I lived on Studestra 21. In, in the public health living and learning community. So every Thursday we would all get together and we would get to do some really cool guest speakers and guest lectures that came. One week we had a midwife, which was so cool. One weekend we went to the north of the island that Copenhagen is on and we had a retreat there and we did some yoga and mindfulness and meditation and it was unbelievable and the best nine weeks of my life. What was your core course? My core course was positive psychology. I took the one that was supposed to go to London, but we got sent home three days before we were supposed to leave. What other classes did you take when you were studying abroad? So when I was abroad, I took royalty in the land of equality. I took healthcare strategies for at-risk populations, and I took psychology of crisis. What did you think was different about your abroad classes compared to your normal classes at Muhlenberg? Like, were they easier? Was it more interactive? What was different about them? It was definitely significantly easier. I did not have to put in barely any work for any of my classes to achieve the same results that I would at Muhlenberg. But also aside from that, I didn't feel challenged by any of the work. Where at Muhlenberg, I'm always encouraged to think in different ways. It was kind of like the professors and the students were both going through the motions because everyone knew like the whole reason to study abroad like wasn't to sit in class all day. It kind of felt like almost a simulation. The field studies were very interesting though. So we would go on field trips and we got to go to a lot of museums and meet a lot of really interesting people. I mean, one lady came to my psychology of crisis class who claimed she recovered from schizophrenia. What? And it was so interesting hearing her story and she founded a nonprofit and hearing that is like definitely the broad experience of meeting people that you wouldn't necessarily get to meet. The hardest part about the classes, though, wasn't actually the workload, but it was the language barrier. I'm used to at Muhlenberg getting assignments with very clear-cut guidelines. The study abroad professors did not really give as many guidelines or expectations. It was kind of just like a interpret it as you may. It was also challenging because Sometimes you would say things and they like wouldn't get it because of the language barrier, even though everyone in Denmark speaks English. But definitely the in-class experience was probably the best part of the academic learning part. Brooke actually brought up a really good point that I'd like to address further. Definitely with the program we do, learning is very Mm hands-on. So you spend a lot less time in the classroom and more time outside in the real world experiencing what you're learning. So the way DIS Copenhagen works is nobody has classes on Wednesdays and Wednesdays are reserved for field studies that you do with your classes. Some Wednesdays you might have two field studies. 
some Wednesdays you might have none, but the whole point is for students to be able to get out in the world and experience what they're learning. I also took royalty in the land mm-hmm. of equality when I was there, uh, which Brooke also took with the love of my life, Stefan, the professor. I love that man with my whole heart. Hi, Stefan. And with that class, we went on castle tours every single week. And we went on so many different field trips. And he really wanted us to be hands-on in our learning and actually get to, this is going to sound super cheesy, walk where the kings walk. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I ever did one reading for any of my abroad classes. Sorry, Stefan, if you're listening to this. I did not open the compendium one. It was just, we would go on city walks and he would even point out like some of the minute details in the limestone and how that was reminiscent of, uh, or the sandstone and how that was reminiscent of Christian the fourth. Even just after a couple of weeks, I started to view Copenhagen in a new lens Mm -hmm. and view it through the lens of, wow, like this is actually such a meaningful city. All these buildings actually have meaning to them. Yeah, We went on a field trip to Fredericksburg Castle, and that was actually the only field study we got to do with him that wasn't a walking tour. We went on the field study, and it was a very early field study, and I just remember, like, it was before the castle was open. We got a private tour of the castle, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I am never going to have this experience again. Yeah, there's so many opportunities that you experience abroad that are just once in a lifetime and you'll never experience again. Specifically, ideas Copenhagen aren't necessarily teachers. Mm-hmm. Like they're professionals in their field. So Stefan isn't Stefan isn't a teacher. Stefan's like a I don't know what to call him. Yeah, he works at this castle and he's so knowledgeable in his field and he brings that into the classroom. Mm-hmm. And all the teachers in this specific program are like that. They're yeah. all experts in their fields. And this is I don't want to say a side gig. But they're taking all that knowledge they've learned in their field and contributing that to their students and wanting to teach their students that and pass it on to them. And also, like, something else that I'm just thinking about now is all of the teachers that I've had were so, so excited that people were coming to Denmark to see their country and see where they've grown up and where they've lived. And like, I mean, one of my professors during our core course week, which is our short tour, we did three days in Copenhagen and three days in Jutland, which is the other part of Denmark. And we went to my professor's childhood home and got to meet her parents. And it's just, they are so excited to show you their country. Definitely. They're very proud to be Danish Mm -hmm. and they want, to show that to you and they want you to experience that for yourself yeah and also all the professors there are super friendly like I met my teacher's kids mm-hmm. I went to her house she threw us a party at her house and the relationship there was just very equal mm-hmm. between the students and the teachers whereas in the states I feel like there's like a superiority complex between professors and students where professors are kind of like above us and there's a dimension of privacy between them where yeah. you're not supposed to be super close with professors. As there, I think it was definitely more of a, like, a friendship than a professor-student dynamic. For sure. I mean, we all called the professors by their first names. I mean, my professors, they weren't Dr. Fredrickson. It was Lena, or it wasn't... I don't even know Stevens' last name, but it was... <laughs> It was very, very equal, the relationships. Um, 
I mean, they definitely like crossed a lot of boundaries that would be seen as like completely unacceptable in the United States. Like when we went on our short tour, like they encouraged us to go out and get drinks with each other. And absolutely, they wanted us to go out to the bars in Aarhus. One night, our teacher bought us like wine and beer for dinner. And like, it was just a lot of boundaries like that wouldn't necessarily be appropriate in the United States academic setting. For example, um, you know, Dr. Niesenbaum? Yeah. Yeah. So he actually came to DIS the last week we were there. And I met him like in the morning. And basically, he was saying that over the weekend, like I got this email invite thing that we could have like all like met for like happy hour together. But Muhlenberg wasn't allowed to pay for anyone's alcohol. It was the same thing for Mm -hmm. us. All of our meals were covered, but they wouldn't pay for alcohol. Interesting. And then I don't know if so when I was in Ireland. So obviously, like people go out to bars and they go to have a good time. But like, I feel like in America, we crush drinks and we're like drunk within two hours over there. They don't like drink to get drunk. Yeah, that's kind of how it was in Denmark. I mean, People there, I mean, I every time, like, I would go out to dinner, most likely get a drink, depending on where I was going and who I was with. But then even, like, at when I was cooking my own dinner in my apartment, like, I would just have a drink or a cider or something. And, like, just it was more of, like, a social thing. And it was actually, like, really nice to just honestly just walk through the streets with a bottle of wine and have it open and like not have to hide it like you would in the states yeah me and my abroad roommates had a drink every night with dinner Mm -hmm. and that's something I like I'm not a casual drinker like that I don't do that at home I haven't done it since but there we had like wine or like a cocktail or something every single night and it was like it became part of our routine honestly it was so normal but here here I don't think it really is yeah no like exactly like even when I went to my visiting host family's house, like, they would always offer me a glass of red wine or, like, and it was just seen as such a normal thing. Yeah, definitely. So going off of that, what do you think is a couple differences and I guess similarities, too, between Denmark and the United States? Um, I definitely think, well, for differences, I definitely think the whole culture around transportation is different I mean it made me so happy just seeing everyone on their bikes everyone being mindful everyone biking to the gym um and it really actually inspired me to start taking walks by myself taking walks to be mindful on myself by myself I mean I even rode bikes a couple times with my roommate and did you ever go to Juno the bakery no I didn't what's that it's the place with the cardamom buns Oh, what's that? I've never heard of that. Oh, my God. My abroad roommate, Hannah, literally was obsessed with them. And we went, it was in Ostabro. Okay, yeah. And we went there, like, two or three times. Like, sometimes we'd take the subway. But then, like, one time we just decided to rent bikes for the day and just go get them. And they were unbelievable. But just the (laughs) fact that, like, the whole city was made for biking. One was very friendly. It seemed that especially as an as an American in Denmark I felt extremely safe I felt honestly safer than I do in America that people there are very trusting of each other not to sound naive but it is a significant cultural difference 
I definitely wouldn't leave my bags out in a coffee shop the way I would at Muhlenberg in Seegers, but mm-hmm. people are just a lot more trusting of each other as, as a person. Oh, I definitely found different why is that the Danish men are a lot more straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but it's also something that like someone would have to get used to. Similarities. Um, the city itself reminded me vaguely of Boston. However, the thing about Copenhagen is that there wasn't necessarily any bad or dangerous areas. The whole city was walkable. Yeah. Um, What other places did you visit while you were abroad? Specifically, tell us about Budapest, because we were talking about it before. All right. Well, Budapest was a time. But um, anyway, so the first trip I went on was to Berlin, Germany. And that was with my friend Lindsay and Hannah and my friend Morgan, who I didn't meet until I actually went on the trip. But Lindsay was friends with her from elementary school. And that was super fun. And then we actually met up with our other friend when we were there, Andrew, and we went to all the museums and we did like a free free walking tour and we had some really good schnitzel and it was so much fun. And then the next trip was the trip that I went on for the week long break. We had a study break and some people went with their class. I had the week off because I was supposed to go to London. So we went, me and a group of friends went to Madrid, Spain We went to Marseille, France, and we were actually supposed to go to Milan, Italy, but that was about three days after the first coronavirus patient was reported out of Milan. So we had to change everything from our Airbnb in Madrid, um, and we decided that instead of going to Milan, we either could go back to Copenhagen or we found a really cheap flight back from Marseille to Copenhagen. So... We ended up taking a bus from Marseille to um, Nice and spent three nights in Nice and went to Nice and Monaco. And then I went to Budapest. And then, yeah, that was it. Those were the only trips I actually got to take. The other trips I was supposed to go on, I was supposed to go to London, England, Edinburgh, Scotland, Amsterdam, and Florence. Brooke traveled a lot while she was abroad. I didn't travel as much as she did, um, but she definitely got or or was supposed to Mm -hmm. experience a lot of Europe in her time there. Brooke, let's go to Budapest. All right. So Budapest. Actually, hell, come with us. Oh, yeah. We all have to take our room and board reimbursement to just like go travel. Yeah. yeah, we decided we're going on a world tour with our reimbursements. Add that to my rosebud thorn. Rose is we got our refund Ooh, nice. check yesterday. Oh, yeah, I got my check. What did they do for you, Brooke? Because you missed out on, like, trips that oh, you yeah. paid for, too. What's your refund like? Are you getting refunded for, like, your housing, tuition, meal plan for trips and stuff like that? Because your tuition money gets spent at, like, so many other outlets. Mm-hmm. So you're paying for trips you didn't get to go on. So do yeah. you get that money back? Nope. Oh, my god. Nope. That's so... They just gave us back $2,000. Um, and 
basically a lot of people I know have asked for more money and they were just like we like don't have any more to give you wow really oh I want to go off of that what was it like those last like two weeks when the whole coronavirus pandemic was starting like what was your reaction what was your experience what happened so I got back from my trip to France and Spain on a Saturday and from that time we had two weeks so is that first whole week was fine like I was it was getting worse but we definitely like were remaining kind of optimistic it was that Friday things really started to get turned for the worst I mean and that was the my flight was to Budapest at 10 35 p.m and I was just debating all day whether I should go or not and I was like I don't know if I should go. Like, I don't, I don't really want to get stuck there. I don't really feel comfortable, like, sitting on a plane. I don't really know if I should go or not. There was only two cases at the time that were reported. And then, but then I decided, you know what? Like, I'm not at, like, a bigger risk there, like, going there versus staying here, staying in Copenhagen. So I went. Like, we had a great time. Like, didn't even think about coronavirus or anything. Then... Monday comes around. It was Purim on Monday. So we get an email from DIS, like right before I was supposed to go to my Purim party at the Chabad house with some friends. And basically the email said that all study tours for the next week were canceled. And they said that um, all study tours were canceled. And then they said, we're coming up with alternative plans. It will be fine we're really sorry, we're going to give you some money, like, it was like $300 they were going to give us, and then they also sent out an email saying, at this time, we highly recommend you not travel outside of Denmark, so at that time, like, me and my friends, like, canceled our trips, I mean, we didn't really get money back from them yet, I still didn't get any money back, I'm out, like, a couple hundred bucks, Tuesday was kind of a weird day, I actually met my Danish friend, who's my visiting host family's daughter for lunch at a really good restaurant. And we were just talking and like, I just kind of had a feeling starting that Tuesday that we weren't going to last much longer. Wednesday rolls around and same thing. Like we get an email saying that classes are done, that there's no classes. And Wednesday actually I didn't have a field study, so I went to The Little Mermaid, and I went to Rosenborg with some friends, and it was so much fun. Basically, we get an email, at a, a text message at about 6.30, or no, like 8 p.m., saying, like, stay up, don't go to bed, like, an important announcement is coming soon. So we're, like, all checking our emails frantically, and then at 1 in the morning, We get an email saying that DIS is done. We get this email and literally it was one in the morning my time. Like me, my roommate, were on the phone with our parents trying to get like literally the first flight home. DIS gave us a week to leave. And but then Donald Trump 
basically made this announcement that the borders were going to be shut starting Friday night. Thursday was spent all day packing and all day, like literally scrambling, like shopping, getting all these last minute things that I was planning on doing throughout my time. Like I literally went on like a huge shopping spree of all the stuff that I wanted to buy that I was planning on like buying throughout my time there. My entire house went out for dinner that night to a Danish restaurant and it was so much fun. And like, we all hung out and we all just like had such a beautiful night together. And like, it was our last night. Like we couldn't even go to a bar cause all the bars were closed. Friday morning I got up and my flight was at 12 and I tried to even like, I couldn't even take the subway or the transportation because it was like strictly it was so strict on the people that were allowed at a time. So I had to take a taxi all the way to the airport. You know, I was sitting in the airport for like three hours waiting for my flight. And I was just like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, and because it was the first flight that I could get, I had to stop in Iceland and I had a layover there. And then my, my layover was so short and I almost missed my flight back to Newark. Those were just kind of my last days in Copenhagen. And they were just like a total whirlwind. That's crazy. That's nuts. Oh my God. What a way to like end. That's awful. Friend Lindsay, she got that email on the same time as us on 1.30 a.m. in the morning and she left 10 a.m. I mean, we went to Grodd for breakfast in the glass market and then like we packed her up and she said goodbye and it was just like, oh my God, like this is not how it was supposed to happen. She got on a flight that fast? Mm-hmm. Did they, like, wow. Did they help I you guys know. find flights or anything? Or was it, like, you're on your own? Or, like, you're on your own. Like, find oh a flight. Gosh. That's nuts. They, like, literally left you hanging there just to get home yeah. to the U.S. so far away in this crazy pandemic. And, Holy crap. And the sad, scary and sad part was that, I mean, I don't know anyone whose flight was, like, mm. under $1,000. Did you have to pay for all of that? Mm-hmm. Oh my, did you get a refund on what was supposed to be your flight home, like, in May? Nope. You didn't get a refund on that? Nope. Oh, my And I was God. on SAS, too. Yeah, and SAS is not cheap. No, and I mean, my flight coming back was, like, $1,300. and oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, my God. Like, coming back, like, through Iceland, yeah. on Iceland yeah. Air. And, I mean, everyone I know had that same situation. Like, DIS, I think, gave us, like, two or $300. I know people who unfortunately had to stop in other places because and like waited out until the flights yeah. got cheaper. Yeah, because everybody you're buying it so last minute, eh? Mm-hmm. And everybody was trying to get out. So everybody was scrambling. So of course prices are gonna go up. Yeah. Because so many people want it. That's crazy. Especially because this is something you look forward to for years, this whole experience. And to have it go down that way, yeah, that way is just awful I can't even imagine what you experienced yeah I mean it definitely was very sad to end that way but it also like some of those last days were some of the most beautiful days I had abroad I mean yeah that's a good way to look at like when I think of like my last day in Copenhagen I could not have thought of like a more perfect last day what are your classes like now? Because it's hard to it's hard to recreate an in-person college class in general, but it's really hard to recreate a, a broad class online, especially with time, what is it, time zone? Yeah. So what are your classes like now that you're home? 
Um, we mostly just have discussion posts and we're just responding to them. I have one professor that is doing um, live streams occasionally, but other than that, it's just we're, we're doing discussion posts for all my classes. So you don't really have any like Zoom classes or anything like that? No, I had them with my positive psychology professor twice a week and they were optional. So I went sometimes, but um, other than that, no. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's nuts. So like, it's not only like I was cut off from like the abroad experience, but I was also cut off from like a lot of the social interaction. Right. You were. And that's such an important and valuable part of it Mm -hmm. is that experience and being physically present there is honestly what you learn more than actually the classes. I'm not, I'm so grateful for my abroad experience and like, I would never trade it for anything, but it's like, I kind of wish I was at Muhlenberg for these last couple of weeks to at least have like that in-person connection. Right. Uh, on the bright side, you have some good stories. I you. know. I really you'll never, You'll never forget this experience. No, I mean, and like, I'm thinking about it now and like, I'm thinking about like, I was so, so close to not going to Budapest and like, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm just so grateful I went and like, that was such a perfect last trip. <laughs> and you're like, glad you went to Budapest. I'm yeah. glad I didn't go to Budapest. Wait, you didn't? <laughs> no. Okay. Nobody knows this. Do you know this? I switched my study abroad program last. Oh no! Didn't you? Budapest didn't you visit program. Budapest? No, I didn't go. Oh my god! I never went. And I probably won't. I would not have wanted to study abroad there, but it was beautiful. <laughs> see, there you go. I'm glad I didn't. Thank yeah, you, Brooke. I mean. For- confirming my choices so where would you have loved to go or where someplace you would have loved to visit if you had time left there london London. that was the one and i was really close between picking london or denmark and i decided to do the study tour in london because i realized that two days would not be enough there and that was the one place that if i knew i didn't go i would be very upset and i'm Mm -hmm. still very upset (laughs) You'll get there again. Add that to our world tour list. I know. And then <laughs> where else? I was really excited to go to Florence. I don't know. I mean, I didn't expect to go to Nice and Monaco and like that. I did not expect it at all. And like that was like one of the most amazing places I've ever been. And I didn't really like expect to be back in Berlin. Like I didn't have anything planned. So like the fact that I did get to like plan all those places was just so amazing. Mm-hmm. honestly props to you for traveling so much <laughs> I didn't think I could do it I get tired no and I I was exhausted and like I didn't think I could do it but then also like thinking back on it like I'm happy I did travel as much as I did because I did also get to see a lot of Denmark this is super cliche but how do you think abroad changed you how do you think you grew from the experience well I grew in a lot of different ways I mean everyone says like abroad changes you then like you become so cultured and like you become like a whole new person but like you really learn a lot of skills that you wouldn't necessarily learn at college I mean especially Muhlenberg it's a very sheltered and nurturing environment and like you always have someone there to advocate for you. But when you're in a foreign country on your own, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to do things on your own. When I was abroad, like I got to plan trips by myself and like tell my mom, like after the fact, like, oh, hey, mom, I'm going to Berlin next weekend. And like, to me, like that, it felt like such like an unbelievable like power, like I could do things on my own. But you definitely become very street smart. Mm -hmm. 
and very just like do it yourself kind of person. I agree. Yeah, and like you definitely don't get that from Muhlenberg. I mean, especially or even any college. Like when it it you're in a campus and when you're in like a closed environment like that, you're with the same people every day. You don't like I mean, I was walking back from a bar and like I almost got pickpocketed. And <laughs> yeah, I was walking back from Francis Pony and I feel something in my bag and some guys hand was in my bag oh my you didn't tell me this oh yeah and then I literally just like took his hand and like pushed it out oh my god bro (laughs) and then I got a new bag it's just like you learn so much that and like you learn how to like use public transportation yourself you learn you just like figure it out and like when things go wrong like there's not really people there that are gonna like catch you when you fall Right. So you got, no one's going to bail you out. Yeah, so you got to catch yourself. You got to take responsibility for your own actions. I mean, thinking about it now, like, I moved into an apartment with seven strangers. Thinking about it now, like, oh, my God, like, I moved to a foreign city by myself, foreign country yeah. by myself. Yeah. Like, it was a we- random Wednesday. I woke up, and me and my roommate were just, like, me and my roommate Hannah, we were just, like, let's go to the botanical gardens today. And then I met someone later in the day and we were just like, let's go to an art gallery together. So like, it's so, you, you just like become so enriched with all the things around you. There's so much stimulation. How's your Danish? Terrible. I don't know anything. (laughs) I I forgot everything. I didn't even think Danish. (laughs) In the moment there, I was so good. I like had all of these words and now that I'm home, nothing. I forget it all. Also, going back to that, I mean, teachers give you, like, instructions on how to get to, um, like, your field trips, but they don't, like, they give you the address. They don't give you, like, how to get there. Oh, my God, yeah. No, they literally just give you the address, and they're, like, meet me there at 10 Exactly. Like, you have, you have to be there. Like, you have to figure it out yourself. Like, you have to get on the bus yourself. You have to figure out how to get off. I mean, my first bus ex- experience was so traumatic because I didn't realize you had to press the button to get off. I didn't do that either. So, like, I literally, it was pouring rain. I was supposed to go to a gallery with a friend. And and then I didn't really, I thought it stopped at every stop. I didn't push the button. It passed the gallery. I literally saw the gallery. I asked someone how to get back. I was, like, 20 minutes late. But it's just, like, you learn. You learn how to handle yourself. I'm reading our notes right now. And I kid you not. A question on one of our notes is, do you have a funny story about Anne our listeners would like to know? So do you have a funny story about me? <laughs> yes, I do. I have a lot of funny stories. So oh, no, I'm nervous. for those who don't know, Anne is my big sister and one of my best friends in the entire world. And I love this woman more than life. Literally, like, there is not, like two people that are literally the same person (laughs) so I mean I think the best part the funniest story that I'm thinking about now is every time that you'd come over to our apartment for a pregame we would do our welcome twerks and we'd always have welcome (laughs) shots together and like that just like sums up our relationship oh my god okay I'm gonna expand on yeah so every time 
Brooke and her roommate should have a pregame. I text her to say that I'm like outside her building so she could let me in. And I'd be standing outside the door. She'd be inside the building. And there's like there's like a glass window so you could see through it. And we would literally just twerk. And then she would go and open the door for me. Yeah, and like people probably thought like we were psychotic. I forgot about those. I missed them. Uh, me oh. too. No way. We'll be back. Eventually. Yeah. Back better than ever. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. And just to wrap this whole thing up. Yeah. Tell us about what you've been doing during quarantine. Um, A whole lot of nothing. Um, Oh, I've gotten really into paint by numbers. Um, I really enjoy doing them because I'm not that artistic. But when someone tells me what to do, I can like follow directions. I've been bullshitting a lot of papers. Um. Oh, I've been watching a lot of shows. I'm really into Broad City now. It's so funny. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I started a business. It's called Tie Dye Lab, and it is a custom lifestyle tie dye brand. And we make custom tie dye for tailgates and college colors. And the whole premise of our um company is that 20% of all the proceeds go to the Mayo Clinic COVID-19 relief and research because I recently read an article how 30,000 employees are without pay at the Mayo Clinic and for a hospital that is so substantial and the best in the nation that is just absolutely heartbreaking that 30,000 employees are without pay for all the good that they do. There's a lot of people being super creative out there and coming up with a lot of amazing ideas to make our lives better and to make the situation we're living in better out there. So amazing that you're being so creative. Thank you. are helping people out there with your business. That's so awesome. Thanks for chatting with us today and sharing your experience all about being abroad in a pandemic. We really appreciate you talking with us today. And I miss you, Latang. I miss you. Bye. Thank you you for having me. Make sure to give Brooke's business a follow on Instagram and support Mayo Clinic. It's at tie.die.lab on Instagram. So So that wrapped up our episode. Again, thank you so much to Brooke for joining us. And and if you have any more questions about study abroad, why not follow us on Instagram and ask us? We're at 20youngpodcast on Insta. And now, I can't believe we didn't start the episode with this. We are not only on Spotify, but we're on Apple Podcasts now. And also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> make sure to subscribe, give us a star rating, and leave us a review. So that was our episode <laughs> today. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.